start with Galatians chapter 5, 19 through 23. It's going to come out a little different than it did first service today. So you guys in the back, just track with me. Uh, today, I just want to, I got a one-off message for you today. Uh, it's not a part of any ser- uh, sermon series, but I just want to encourage you today. And I want you to write this down if you're taking notes, the blessing of relationships. Okay. That's what we're going to talk about today. The blessing of relationships. When God wants to bless your life, many times he'll do it through a relationship. The problem that we have in the church is when God gives you a relationship, some of you run that relationship off. Some of you are mean to the people that God has put in your life to relate with you. And we need to adjust that and fix that. Because in case you did not know, when God is going to bless your life, I say this all the time and you need to learn this. Usually if God is going to change your life, he's going to do it one of three ways. Y'all ready for this? Y'all ready for this? I'm trying to help somebody today. Because you keep praying, God, change my life. I need change. Here's how he's going to do it. If God is going to change your life, he usually uses the people you meet the books you read, and the messages you hear. Those three things. So if you want to advance in your career, he's usually going to bless you to advance in your business and your career through one of those three ways. Now, as you can see, if you want to get better in your marriage, it's going to be through one of those three ways. You want to be a better dad? One of those three ways. If you want to just advance in life, it's going to be one of those three ways. But here's the problem that we have. We've got Christians that don't like to read. Come on, somebody. Don't like to go to church. We can barely get you here once or twice a month because you don't like to sit there in these chairs for too long. You get all squirmy. I've never seen so many people in second service use the bathroom. Y'all take care of that before. Amen. Sometimes this service right here, we get so much movement, people up, walking around, talking in the back. It's like, we, you know, because we don't understand that the message you hear today could change everything for you. From you. So it's one of, those, one of those three ways. And you can see where people have a problem. They don't like to read. They don't like to listen to messages. And they can't stand people. Some of you have said it out of your own mouth. Nah, people just get on my nerves. Come on. You, some of you said that but straight up. I can't stand people. Dang, I like church, but dang, I can't stand the people in it. That's a problem, okay? 
And the problem is you. Because if you've said that, chances are the people around you probably can't stand you either. So let's, this is what we're talking about, relationships. So God is all about relating to other people. So let's look into Galatians chapter 5, 19 through 23. Uh, it's a very familiar scripture. It says this, now the works of the flesh are evident. In other words, we know what the works of the flesh are, okay? It's adultery, it's fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition, dissension, heresy, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. All right, that's all that is. You know what all those things have to do with? Me, myself, and I. All right, all those things are when you live for you. If it's all about you, you, you're not going to be able to hold yourself back from having sex with somebody you're attracted to because you just want to get yours. Come on, somebody. Don't look at me like that. You're not going to be able to restrain yourself. You're going to, you're, you're going to, this is why people fall into different dissent, fights and arguments and stuff. They're arguing their point. They want to be right. These, all these things have a base place in me. These things are in you if you live for you. Now let's look what he says here. But the fruit of the Spirit, well, let me, let me go back a step, because we, as, he, as he reveals all these things, he says this. Now, I'm going to tell you beforehand, just as I told you in the times past, that those who practice these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, I know we live in a time and age where people want to live however they want to live and deceive themselves into thinking that they have a relationship with God. And the Bible says otherwise. The Bible says if you want to be living like this, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, let me make this clear. It's not talking about heaven right there. Somebody say, thank God. Some of y'all were sweating right there. Oh my gosh, I'm doomed. It's not talking about heaven. You know what it's talking about right there? You will never see God move the way he moves in your life. Remember, the kingdom of God is defined as how God does things. It's the rules of heaven. You will never see heaven invade your life as long as these things are there. You'll pray, you can cry all you want, but until you break away from walking in these fruits of the flesh, you're gonna be limited. Now let's continue. But he says this, now the fruits of the spirit, all right? He says this, now the fruits of the spirit is love, listen, joy, peace, Long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. So he says this. Most people live like all these ways, you know, the ways of the flesh. He says, but you got to understand something. If the spirit of God lives in you, you are required to have these fruits. Now, you got to understand something about this. All of these fruits are relational, okay? Therefore, the purpose, listen, of making friends. Therefore, the purpose of causing your relationships to be good. Amen? How many want to have a friend that's full of love? How many want to have a friend that's full of joy? Instead of all uh, mad all the time, instead of angry all the time, depressed all the time. 
How many want to have a friend that has peace? That's not freaking out over everything they see on the news. Oh my gosh, Roe versus Wade was turned around. Oh, this is terrible. Is it? Do you even know what that is? Some people are so angry in the streets protesting. Abortions aren't banned. They're not banned. Do you know what the ruling was about? Giving power back to the states. If you live in California, nothing's going to change. But you're still mad. But you're still mad. Why? Because you're getting spun by the devil. You're getting spun by, you're just, you're just a part of this whole culture. And if they're mad, I'm going to be mad. They're taking away women's rights. Boy, you better get saved. What about baby rights? Don't get me started, y'all. I don't make somebody mad out here. I feel a brick spirit already. Because I'm not trying to get political with any of it. I just know what my Bible says. And, and, and as a Christian, as a Christian, I don't, get, I don't have the right to disagree with his word. I could feel a way about it, but at the end of the day, I got to say, God, I submit to your word. Can I get an amen on that? Email me if you need to, right? But this is what I'm talking about. But you got people mad about stuff that ain't even going to change. It ain't even going to change. Now, 26 states, I believe, are turning this thing around. Good for them. Praise God. Good for them. People that are protesting in streets of things where nothing's going to change. You want to know why? Because it's just anger. It's just all this stuff. That's a side note today. Let me get back to my message. I'm sorry. I try to hold it back. But God is doing something in our nation. God is doing something in our nation. And some people are mad about it. Just pay attention to the people that are mad about it. See who's happy about it and see who's mad about it and draw a conclusion. And the church said, some of y'all did anyway. Praise God. Okay, well, let's keep going. So the Bible talks about these things, and he's saying, you got to have these fruits. Fruits of the Spirit, love, gentleness, kindness, all these things. But do you know what I meet, what I find when I talk to Christians, and they have an area that is unchecked by the Spirit? Well, this is just the way I am, Pastor. This is just the way I am. You know, I, I, I took, you know, a test, a personality test. What do they call that? The Myers, uh, the Enneagram, the Myers, Myers-Briggs test. And the test comes out and says, you are this type of personality. And some people build their whole life on that test. Yeah. Well, guess what? That may be who you are. That's, it may be a part of who God has made you to be. But can I tell you something that we all need to do? Y'all ready for this? We all need to change. We all need to change. Now, that's a, re- that's a revelation for this generation because we live in a generation that wants to tell you, I was born this way, so therefore accept me. All right? I was born this way, so therefore accept me. But see, we all have to change. I was born a way too. You know what I was born? I didn't want to share my toys. <laughs> Still don't, right? Come on. I had to change. The way I was born, I like to get cranky and cry when I was mad. Guess what I had to do? Change. I had to grow up. I had to mature. I had to change. Right? Then I got married. Oh, hallelujah. And as incredible as that is, 
I had to change again. Come on. Then we got the great idea to have kids. Come on. I thought my changing was up. You better get ready, sir. I'm talking to Esco over here, about to have a baby. Because I had to change again. And guess what? I'm going to have to keep changing and keep changing and keep changing. And it's sad to hear people go, this is just the way I am, man. It's just the way I am. Whenever you use that phrase, that's called immaturity. It's immaturity. We are on a mission to change. The moment you say, Jesus Christ, come into my life and be the Lord of my life, the changing must begin. Why? Jesus loves you the way you are, but he loves you too much to leave you in that state and condition. Because if Jesus doesn't change me, my marriage suffers. If Jesus doesn't change me, my kids suffer. If Jesus doesn't change me, the person I work for suffers and so forth and so on. And so this thing that's in our culture of, hey, this is just the way I am. Guys, hear me as I say this by the spirit of God. You must dismiss that kind of thinking and you must learn to embrace growth and change. I am not the same guy I was 30 years ago when I started pastoring. I've changed. Whoo, and you better thank God I changed. Let me tell you right now. The grace and understanding I have towards people. When I first started preaching, when I first started pastoring, I was hard on folks. Ooh, I, I, was, I was hitting people with bricks from the pulpit. My counseling sessions were short. Oh, here's what you got. Oh, you don't want to change? Well, get out of here then. Go to hell. <laughs> do you want to go to heaven? This is what you do. You want to go to, go to hell? Fine then. I'm cool. I'm going to sleep good tonight. I mean, literally, man, that's a little extreme, but I, I had some of that in me. Guess what I had to do? Change. Jesus, in his last words, he says, hey, guys, I'm going somewhere. You can't come with me. Uh, John chapter 13, he, said, he tells the disciples this. He goes, you can't come with me. I'm going away, but I'm going to leave you with this. I give you a new commandment. I know y'all are consumed with them Ten Commandments. How many know about them Ten Commandments? You got them at your grandma's house in the kitchen, right? They're all right there so that you don't forget them. Listen, we need to replace those. If you got it in your house, take those down and put this commandment. Jesus said, I give you a new commandment in John chapter 13. He said, I give you a new commandment. And the commandment is this, love your neighbor as I have loved you. Period. Mic drop. He said, this is the new standard. Okay. I'm no longer interested in those other things. Those other things are good. But if you do this, you automatically do those things. He said, the new standard that you're supposed to live by is to love people the way I love you. Now, there's two things you got to understand in there. The first one is this. I'm supposed to love people. Amen? We can all say amen to that, right? The problem is you loving people the way you love. He didn't say to do that. He said, you love people the way I love you. And that's different. See, because the way we love, you do good to me, I do good to you. You do bad to me, oh, you better run. Right? I mean, that's, that's, kind, of the, that's kind of the concept, and it's accepted. Not in the kingdom. Jesus says, I love you unconditionally. I love you no matter what you do. 
That's why when some of us, we don't go to church in a very long, 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 long time and we don't give and we don't serve and we don't even pray. And then we show up one day because we had a hard day and we go, God, I'm sorry. God doesn't go, look at you. Oh, now you want a blessing. God, don't do that. He don't go, okay, so now I'm important because you hurting, huh? He doesn't do that. He just comes and says, come on, I got you. I got you. And we feel bad and go, God, I'm sorry. I haven't even been serving you. God says, no problem. I forgive you. Just, let's just go from here on. Now, here's the beautiful thing about that. Now, God asks you to do it, and you don't want to do it. Oh, I can't do that. They told me this back in fifth grade. Oh, get over it. Christians are so petty. Petty. I should start calling you Petty Wop. Come on. That's a rapper for some of you that don't know. What is that? Because you're so petty. I've had people leave the church because I didn't say hi to them. Oh, Pastor, oh, well, you know, I stopped going because, you know, that one outreach, you walk right past me. You can't forgive me because I had 50,000 other things I was on my mind? No, that's unacceptable. I, I ain't going to let fools do me like that. Okay, when you get saved, I'll be here. Because didn't Jesus say, if I don't forgive... I can't be forgiven. Didn't he say that? But yeah, we got people in this room harboring bitterness, mad at somebody because of what they did. And I'm just telling you right now, what we need to work towards is loving people like Jesus loves us. Okay, so let's get back to these fruits. So what do these fruits have to do with these? These fruits are relational fruits. God is trying to get you to understand what it truly means to be filled with the Spirit. The church of Jesus Christ has got it wrong. Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit comes, falls on the church. It says the, 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 the people that were there were filled with the Spirit, and they began to speak in other tongues. And we've all said, yeah, I want that. And we've taken the Spirit-filled experience to mean I can say shabadabadoo, mama say, mama sa, mama makusa. I could pray that way. And I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. But when I read the book of Galatians, the book of Galatians says, if you're filled with the Spirit, you will have these attributes. Now we have a problem. Because we've got some people that could pray, you know, all day long. They go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to miss everybody. And I'm going to miss everybody. You know, you could pray in tongues all day long. You know, you're there all day long. But you'll cuss your kids out. But you'll cuss your wife out. But you speak out the side of your neck to your boss. And see, now we have a problem. Because we'd be like, I'm filled. Come on, Shondo. But then you don't have any fruit of the spirit. You don't have the fruit that says I have to have self-control, which means I control my mouth. I want to cuss you out, but I have self-control, therefore I don't. I want to lay hands on you. Come on, somebody. But I have self-control because it's a fruit of the Spirit, so I don't. I want to blow your hair back because you said something rude to me, but I'm going to practice something called kindness. Here's another one for the men. How about gentleness? Can I tell you how many times I've heard ignorant men talk to their wives and be so rough on them? Your wife cooks a meal, right? Takes an hour, hour and a half. You get home. You take a bite of that chicken. It feels like rubber. <laughs> Baby, what's up? What's wrong with this? Ugh. Hey, how about some gentleness? 
Be gentle. How's the chicken, baby? I'm not saying you got to lie. I'm not saying that. But no, 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 no. But you could get creative. Come on, somebody. That's what they create barbecue sauce for, right? At least you taste that. Come on. But see, there's a better way to say things. I've had guys come and talk to me, man, and they'll be like, Pastor, you know, me and my wife got in a fight. Why? Because, Pastor, I just noticed she's putting on weight, and I just had to say something. You know, I had to keep it a buck. That's what you call keeping it a buck? How about some gentleness and some kindness? Now, I'm not saying that conversation doesn't need to be had, but there's a gentle way to have that conversation. But before you do, look in the mirror. And the church said, this is, this is kindness. But we got people that just want to be like, oh, I'm sorry. This is just the way I am. I'm going to keep it a buck. I'm, I, I got to keep it 100 on. I, that's how I am. Wait, 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 wait. What about how the word says you should be? Yes. Well, pastor, I got to tell the truth. Yeah. But doesn't the Bible say preach and speak the truth in love? but we don't want to do that. Why? Because we have not yet learned the value of the fruits of the Spirit. I'm telling you, folks, highlight this scripture in your Bible. This could change everything. Having the fruits of the Spirit is going to make your marriage better. It's going to cause you to be a better dad, a better mother. It's going to cause you to be a better worker at, at, at your job. It's going to cause you, here's what it's really going to do, and I need you to catch this. It's going to open up your life to other relationships. Because some of you, some of you, even though you go to this church, you still have a lone wolf spirit. It's still just about you and Jesus. And I need to bust that bubble for you today, because let me tell you something right now. You can never fulfill the will of God alone. You can't. It's impossible. I know you think, well, me and Jesus, my husband left me. My mom and dad left me. I'm still here. Jesus holds me down and I'm good. But I guarantee you, if you open your eyes, you'll notice you didn't get there on your own. Somebody somewhere was a blessing to you to get you where you are. But your pride blinds you to their goodness and it allows you to just go, I did this. I did this. No, you fool, you didn't do this. If you didn't know something, God uses people. He uses people. I said it earlier. It's the the people you meet, the books you read, the messages you hear. You know what all three of those things have in common? They come from somebody who is not named you. Our biggest problem is many times we only listen to us. We only listen to what's going on in here and we're limited. What we have to understand is that being a Christian means you must learn to be relational. And in order to be relational, you must change. Can I get an amen on that? Single people, if you're going to get married, don't get married unless you understand you are going to have to change. Amen? Amen? A lot. We like to say it like this. A wedding is really a funeral. 
Now, don't hear what I'm not saying because that sounds negative, right? Dang, pastor, like that, you know. No, listen, I don't mean it in a bad way. I basically mean it's this. Two people come to an altar and die to themselves. It's no longer about you and it's no longer about you. It's about us. Two people die and they become one. What does that talk about? Change. But again, culture is trying to tell you, you don't need to change. That's just who you are. I've had people tell me, well, pastor, you know, I'm Mexican and this is just how we are being Mexican. You know, we do this, how we talk, this, how we do. Well, now you're a Christian. And let me introduce you how we are. Galatians chapter five, we are kind. We are gentle. We control our mouths. We don't say everything we think. I think somebody needs to hear this today. We take people's uh, feelings into consideration. We're gentle with our words. See, I'm trying to teach you this because too many of you have blown up blessings that God sent to you. God saw you crying in your bedroom, crying for a blessing. God, God says, man, that's my child right there. Get that blessing ready and send it to them. And the angels say, okay, who are we sending it? Send it through this person that they work with. God sends the blessing through that person. That dude that's on your job is supposed to bless you. But guess who you've been being mean to for the last nine weeks? Guess who you've been gossiping about for the last six weeks? And guess who ain't giving you no blessing when you need it? And is it God's fault? It's your fault. And you want to know why? Because you're not practicing the fruits of the Spirit. Guys, the thing about these fruits is it's all relational. And I think this is why the the church of Jesus Christ doesn't value them. You know what we value? Power. Oh, man, we want to get the power gifts. I want to pray in tongues. I want to lay hands on the sick and see them healed. I want to blow on folks and have them fall down and all this kind of stuff. I want want to glow in the dark. Come on, somebody. You know, I just want want to have that power. No, guess what you need first? Gentleness, kindness, self control. That way we can get people to like you, then they'll listen to you. But we got fools that just want to preach. And they're jerks. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't put too much value in people that just like to go around preaching, preaching, preaching. Because if you're not filled with the spirit, with evidence of these fruits, ain't nobody going to listen to you anyway. Are you tracking with me today? So we're talking about relationships. Let me tie this up. All these fruits are for relationship. The reason many times your relationships are bad in your life or non-existent is because you lack these nine things. You lack them. You lack these areas, not nine things. You you, you lack love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You lack these things, and therefore you don't have friends. And what we love to do, people that don't want to change, Love to blame. Because let me tell you something about change and blame. If you are blaming, you are not changing. 
You want to blame your mom and dad for how you are? You'll never change. You want to blame your spouse or your ex for how you are? You'll never change until you remove the blame from them and own your issues. Then and only then can you change. And so without the fruits of the spirit, guess what? You're not, you're going to lack in the area of relationships. Now, some of you may have relationships, but they're not strong. You and your wife are hanging on by a thread. Your kids can barely stand you. All right. Your brothers, your sisters, your cousin, nobody wants to talk to you at the family barbecue. Come on, somebody. I'm reading your mail today. And you could blame people or you could say, maybe it's me. And can I just tell you, not maybe, you ready for this? It is you. But guess what? You came to the right church today where somebody wants to love you and tell you, hey, we could fix that. If you just get filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll begin to be kinder, gentler, nicer. Come on, somebody. You'll begin to get all these things. And guess what will begin to happen in your life? Your relationships will get stronger. Because here's what the blessing of relationships are about. Many of the things God does, he does through people. And you cannot disrespect people and expect to be blessed because God is going to use those very same people to bless you. So quit talking bad about your boss. And you wonder why you don't have a raise. Oh, well, pastor, I can't stand that fool. But that fool has been put there by God to add a zero to your check. But you give him attitude every week. And you, ma- and you clock out early. And you join all the other losers around the, the, the office. Yeah, I can't stand him. He's in a bad mood today. Listen, you're cutting off the blessing that God's going to give you through that person. This is what relationships are all about. And we do it in the church. We do it in the church. Listen, I know people talk about me as the pastor, talk about my wife, talk about the leaders. You get a, you get a, uh, you get a, uh, a head usher and there's always some weak head usher. Man, I don't know why we're doing it like that. We used to do it like, man, control your mouth. You ain't got to spread dissent with your words. Okay, you don't agree with it, but hold your tongue. Why? Because the person that is in that position, God has positioned them to bless you. But if you keep talking bad about them, if you keep sabotaging relationships, you'll never get to where you need to get to. Is this helping anybody here? You can't disrespect people and expect the blessing of God to keep flowing through them. Pretty soon it'll stop and you'll be stuck. So let me give you these things right here. Let me give you five things right here. I want you to catch the blessing of relationships, or I want you to write these down because this is going to help you because some of you have been stuck. Some of you have not been progressing like you need to. And I'm telling you, it's because of the relationships in your life. So this is the blessing of relationship. Number one, I want you to remember this, write it down. You cannot fulfill destiny alone. You cannot fulfill destiny alone. You need other people. Somebody say amen to that. You need other people. And sometimes it's not always the people that you think you need. Because you know what we have? We have some people that are so full of pride that they begin to elevate themselves over other people and they begin to say, oh, well, I don't want to hang with those people. 
I go to the same church, but I don't want to be around that person. See, that's a problem. Because you think you're better than somebody else or too good for somebody else. But what you refuse to see is that God doesn't always use people that are on the same level as you to bless your life. I've seen destiny unfold because I loved some people that were unlovable. And some of y'all are sitting in this room. But now my life is blessed by some of those same people. Some of those same people. See, the problem with some of us who have an orphan spirit, you only want to be friends with people that can benefit you. People you can get stuff out of. But if you start coming into the kingdom, you got to understand that the people God blesses you are usually not the people you would pick to be blessed by. It's usually people that you may walk around. I don't know about him. That's probably the guy that has the breakthrough that you need. That's probably the young lady that's going to give you the idea that is going to change everything. But I can't get you to connect with them. I can't get you to quit being so proud because you make more money than them to put the fence down because even though you make more money than them, they're better dads than you. They're a better mom than you. And if you would just get down and get over the pride of, oh, they're not like me, your life could change. Can I tell you the sign of a prosperous soul is a person that could get around anyone. Most people only want to be around people like them. And it's sad. It's sad. You can only hang out with people from the hood because you was raised in the hood. So I only hang out with hood people. No, you were raised in the hood, but you can hang out with somebody on the up, upside. Come on, somebody. Amen. You got to be able to go from the outhouse to the penthouse. Hey, listen, I could get down in South Sac. I ain't got a problem. I go toe-to-toe with whoever in Southside. I get it. But when I travel, I sit down with million-dollar business owners. I sit down. Jesse's been with me. I sit down with guys. I sit down with a guy that runs all of the shipping for the nation of China. He's the one that sent us to uh, Thailand a few years ago. And we sit there and we have dinner with him, and I'm not feeling all uncomfortable. You want to know why? Because God has healed my soul. Listen, I spent 10 years or eight years living in a city with probably about only 20 brown people. I was pastoring a church for for about eight years at a church where it was 95% Caucasian, and I was good with it. Then they sent me to Gainesville to plant a church for four years, and I pastored a church that was 90% African-American, and I was cool with it. Then I came to SAC and all these Mexicans came out the woodwork. Amen. <laughs> but but we got, we're, we're working on that. We're getting everything. We got Asian people. Listen, it was awesome. We've been uh, ministering to the Micronesian uh, population over here now with the basketball league. And African-Americans are welcome. And Filipinos are welcome. And all these things. And we ain't got a problem. You want to know why? Because God has done something in my soul. But when you're damaged in your soul, you can only hang out with people just like you. And when you do that, you cut off God's blessing into your life. Because God is usually going to use people that aren't like you to bless you. And the church said, 
So let's go on to the next thing. Number two, second blessing of relationship is this. All good things flow through relationships in the kingdom. All good things flow through relationships in the kingdom. You start out being called alone, but the call can't be filled alone. You need other people. Everything we've done here as a church, sure, God spoke to my, my wife and I alone in Florida. And we got here, but did you know we wouldn't have lasted 12 years had it not been for others? Had it not been for some of you here in this room that have come together with our destiny and you have made it possible for us to obey God. But what would it have been like if we would have kept our life closed and gone, ooh, I don't want to get to know these fielding girls. They're a little weird. These fielding girls have blessed our lives, our kids' lives, been a part of the foundation and pillars of this church. What if I would have just said, man, that Esco guy, he's a little rough around the edges. I ain't got time for him because he'd be saying crazy stuff sometimes. And I, but you know what? I would have missed out on somebody that's been an encouragement to my life and to somebody that's helped build this church. I could go on and on. I could talk about the Browns and how crazy they are. I could talk about, I could talk about Dell Anthony Bradford over here, who I got gray hair in my head and a lot of it's because of him. Uh, I mean, I could go on and on because I never looked at any of you and thought I'm too good to give you my time. I wish I could get a church full of folks that would do the same thing because some of you got so much attitude and you ain't even, you, 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 and you should, let's just say it like that. You shouldn't. There's nobody in this room that you should think of yourself better as. And yet some of us do. Oh, well, pastor, this person. Oh, that family. Oh, this. Listen, you got to get through that because uh, God is going to use those relationships to bless your life, even though you can't see it yet. Man, I'm so glad that I didn't just judge Jesse Delgado the way he was when I met him. I didn't just go, oh, I ain't giving this guy my time. Not that he was a bad guy or anything, you know. He was working sanitation and just trying to figure his life out at the time. But you know what I did? I gave him my time. And guess what? Over the last eight years, he has blessed my life like nobody else. But, but see, I, it's because I wasn't like you, some of us, that would have looked at him and go, huh, what can he do for me? I ain't got time for him. He's got all these issues. I'll forget it. No, I just said, hey. I'm all about relationships. Then God sends a drug addict into our church. Sends a drug addict into church. He comes and says, Pastor, I want to help out around here. And I could have went, ooh, why don't you go get help? But I didn't. I said, all right, come on, because I'm relational. Now he's a pastor in our church, Pastor Willard. Are, are, you, are you getting the process? And, and you all keep looking at people up here to bless your life when God's put the blessing to bless your life in people down here. You just can't wait to get to the blessing. You want it now. So you, you kiss people's butt at work. Can I say that in church? I just did. All right. So you're kissing up to people when you should be serving people. And you're walking by people that you think you're better than to go over and talk to these people here, and God's trying to go, hello, I put the blessing in these guys. Yeah, God, but they're ugly. I don't like them. 
Yeah, God, but they got attitude. Yeah, but they're a different color. Yeah, God, but they, you know, they're from South Sac. I don't want to be around that. I want to be around these people. God says, you don't get to pick. He says this, you know what you get to do? Have the fruit of the Spirit and love everybody. I can't tell you how many times, guys, I have seen this. We've got too many people looking to people up here when you just need to look around who God's placed around you. Now, it's, it, it, it's, it's no coincidence that we're starting our life groups, our home groups coming up. You need to get involved in one. Ah, you know, I just feel uncomfortable. Good. Because guess what's uncomfortable? Bearing fruit. Right, ladies? Were you comfortable having them babies? You never see a woman in, her, in, the, in, the, in the birthing room sipping a martini like, hey, this is great. <laughs> You'll never see that because it's uncomfortable bearing fruit. You go in that room, you don't even recognize the woman when she's giving birth. Hair's all crazy, <laughs> bloodshot eyes. And, and when are the men going to learn, don't videotape them right there. They don't want to see that. Come on. They got the dads all in their head. Smile, baby. She's like, you better get that camera. Don't make that mistake. Don't make that mistake. It's going to be uncomfortable. But relationships, guys, are painful. They're hard. But they are a blessing. Can I get an amen? Amen. Let me move right along here. Eddie, if you could help me on the keys. So all good things flow through relationships, so you better get some. But guess what? It's always harder to get something than it is to maintain something. Let me say that again. It's always easier, I should say, to get something than it is to maintain something. You could get a man, but can you keep a man? You could get a girlfriend, but can you keep a girlfriend? You could have a baby, but can you raise that baby? And you could get a relationship but can you maintain that relationship? My wife got up here and told you we've been married 23 years, but it was not without pastoral counseling. It was not without a little bit of therapy. It was not, about, it was not without going to marriage retreats where we had to pay money because it's always harder to maintain something than to get something. And relationships are the same way. You're going to have to fight to protect them. Amen? So... Let's go to number three. Number three, the third thing of the blessing of relationships is this. The right relationship is God's blessing to advance you. The right relationship is God's blessing to advance you. As we open up these signups for small groups, it's important, y'all, you enter into those things, understanding there's somebody in this church that could change my life through an idea, through something they say to you, something they bless you with. But you'll never reach those things without being open to relationships. I'll say it again. You guys have those on the screen. I believe I sent those. Do you have those? No? Okay. All right. So I'll say that again. That third one, the right relationship is God's blessing to advance you. Number four. Number four, this is a big one. Why are relationships a blessing? Because dormant potential can be unlocked if you can get around the right people. Dormant potential can be unlocked if you can get around the right people. David had a king anointing on him. He would have never became king without Samuel. He would have never stayed king without Nathan. Bring it down just a little bit. 
He needed somebody. See, David had an anointing. He was a shepherd. But it wasn't until Samuel came and pointed at him and said, you're a king and anointed him with oil. Some of you guys, you don't want to make friends with nobody. Some of y'all run from me. I go out to say, hey, hey, pastor, how you doing? Man, good. God bless you. I'll say that. <laughs> but see, the, prob- the problem is that with that is you don't know if God has called me to unlock something in you. You don't know if God has called Pastor Willard to unlock something in you. See, we have this mentality. Well, if God wants to do it, he can just do it. Guys, God uses people. Your marriage is in turmoil and you think if you just sit down with me, we could fix it. But there's probably a few couples in here that if you just say, hey, can we get coffee sometime? They can see, they can help you get through a whole lot of years of pain. The right potential is unlocked in your life if you can just get around the right people. David had Samuel. He would have never became king without Samuel. He would have never stayed king without Nathan coming along and saying, hey, I'm calling you out on your sin. You better repent. He repented and continued on as king. Joseph had Potiphar. You remember the story? Joseph served in Egypt. And this is for all those people that like to complain about their bosses. Well, pastor, my boss isn't saved. So what? Joseph had a, had a boss that wasn't saved and he became his best friend. You want to know why? Because he showed the fruits of the spirit. And Potiphar blessed his life, elevated him to the highest place in the land. And then Joseph gets betrayed. He gets thrown into jail. And he doesn't walk around the jail like a snob. You know what he does? He makes friends with the baker and the butler. And then the butler gets out and he tells somebody, hey, there's a guy in jail, real cool dude. He can interpret dreams. It was the butler that got Joseph into his destiny. Thank God for relationships. But you still don't have friends at work. You still don't know anybody in this church. See, you've got to change that because there's probably somebody that can unlock potential in you. Elisha had Elijah. The disciples had Jesus. Come on, the disciples were a bunch of dysfunctional dudes, man. Peter will cut your ear off, and he did. These guys were jacked up. But Jesus unlocked something in them. And they became 12 guys that changed the world. You may not be much, but if you could just get around the right people, you could be an incredible man, an incredible woman. Hey, listen, myself, the only reason I'm on this platform is because my, pa- my pastors, I've had two pastors in my life that made me better just serving them. Yeah, it wasn't always perfect. They didn't do everything right. They didn't always talk to me the way I wanted to be talked to, but I never let that damage our relationship and they unlock something in me that allowed me to be the person I am today. Some of you guys, you got to quit running people off from your life. Quit running them off because they offend you or they say something you don't like. Learn to push past that. Learn to recognize God relationships so that something in your life can be unlocked. And the last thing is number five, right? Relationships must be protected, must be protected. The problem we have today in America is people do not value relationships. We're friends until I make you mad. That's not a friend. We're friends, period. And when you understand friendship, it's not, are you gonna make me mad? I'll probably make you mad. 
and you'll probably make me mad. But the fact that we're friends means we don't get in our feelings. Come on, somebody. And break apart because I don't feel like you understand or this or that. Listen, if you're going to be in a relationship, the people or the person you're relating to is probably going to hurt you a time or two. And the married people said, but you're married, you're in relationship, so you stick. We've got to value relationships, protect them. And the way we do this, you got to beware of the wrong voices. You ever notice people will come along, come along, you finally meet somebody that you, you're falling in love with, and there's always some haters that got to be over there. Why you like him? You need to say, why are you so sour? Why do you care? Why don't you shut up? No, no, with fruits of the spirit, fruits of the spirit. But, but you, you, ever, you ever notice, you ever notice that wrong voices always want to come. Or they'll say this, why do you go to that pastor's church? And we listen to those things and we go, hmm, maybe they're right. Why are you his friend? Why are you their friend? And you always got to get these voices. But when you recognize a God relationship, you got to protect it. And you got to know voices are coming for this relationship because hell don't want me in the relationship with the right people. They don't want me here. They don't want me there. So how do you protect it? You put some prayer around it. Well, I hope you've been encouraged by the word of God. And if you have, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast or download our free app at the App Store. And you can continue to get word every week from Elevate Life Church.